Hi everyone, hello girls, hello guys, hello cats, hello dogs. I have a super special guest here today because number one, she's a sex coach and let's be honest, we love talking about sex. Number two, because she's all the way in Australia. Hi Elaine. Hi Kat, how are you? I'm great, how are you? I'm doing great and I'm so excited to be here today. <laughs> I'm very excited to have you. So let me introduce you properly to my audience. Your name is Elaine Turner. You are a sex coach. I'm looking at her Instagram, Sex with Elaine. It says sex, dating, and relationship coach. So let's jump right on it. Uh, but before I ask the first question, which is how do you become a sex coach? You're living in Australia, but you're an American, right? Yeah. So I was originally born in Northern California, but I moved abroad in 2014, I think it was. And I called a bunch of other countries home in the meantime. So you're there to stay? Are you in Australia for good? You know, that remains to be seen. I kind of like to let the universe show me where I'm going. Nothing ever goes to plan if I have learned anything in this lifetime. So I have to ask you one personal question. I've never been to Australia. It's totally on my bucket list. And I was talking about it to my friend. Oh, yeah, guys, by the way, I have an adorable co-host here today. It's my bestie cat with a C. So today we're like Cat Square for yes. you guys. Cat Squared is the logo. Yeah. But it came first. <laughs> So anyways, we were talking about it last night that I was going to interview you all the way from Australia. I heard a lot of people say that the ratio of men to women there is really high. And then my friend Kat was like, really? So we want to ask you, is that true or that's a myth? Um, so I've actually never heard that one before, really? but um, I, I do actually know the stats on that. And it's pretty evenly split men to women. It's 99.2 men. For every 100 women, according to the 2020 census. Why did I hear that? Maybe changed? Maybe the ratio of, like, hot men to hot women is different. (laughs) I don't know. So, quick sex Maybe out on the cattle branches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I watched Crocodile Dundee for the first time over the COVID lockdown with my mom, and I really want to go there. That's all I got to say. I really want to visit. I really want to visit Australia. We definitely got to book a girl's trip to Australia. But So let's ask a quick uh, Australian sex question. Are men great in bed there? Are they shy? Are they outgoing? Is it better than Americans? Can you dish a little bit? Um, so, I mean, everyone's different everywhere. Currently, I'm living in Sydney. I have found it to be a little bit more sexually conservative here uh, than really? pretty much everywhere else I've lived. Yeah, which is really interesting. Oh. Uh, when I first moved here, I spent a lot of time, of course, going to all the sex toy stores and checking things out. And people are pretty uncomfortable when you talk about those things. I taught a blowjob class last weekend, and some of the girls thought a lot of the material I was teaching was outrageous. So oh it's um, it's different from other okay, places so I've been. I'll say that. You said you taught a blowjob class. How do you? I never have you ever heard of a blowjob class, Cat? Okay, I actually have heard of it. <laughs> there is um, a little shop in Houston, really? and the lady teaches you know, this type of sexy classes, but I've never attended one. So can you tell us how, how does it go? Is it online or is it in person? And and how do you teach on a banana? 
<laughs> so it, it can be either online or in person. If you're in Sydney, I love teaching them here, especially for like a hen's do, a bachelorette party, as you call it in America. Mm -hmm. um, it's super fun. I bring my own dildo, but I bring bananas for everyone else, flavored condoms, flavored lube. Uh, it's at least a 90-minute class because there's so much to cover. Um, and usually I talk a little fun tidbits in there. A lot of women actually want to learn about prostate play. So. so it's a it's a it's an oral sex class for women. What did you do that they thought it was outrageous? Can you share? Hey, hey, hey. Men are invited too. <laughs> ah, so men like can a man can answer what Okay. <laughs> so it's a it's an oral sex class <laughs> for everybody. But what did you do that was so out outrageous for Australians? Can you share? I can't say it's outrageous for all Australians, but for example, when we were talking about with, you know, oral sex and different techniques, the idea of slapping the cough on your tongue was rather confronting I to never, a lot of the, the participants in my class. Slapping the cock on the tongue? I never did. I think I'm pretty good. <laughs> with... Can I you mean, can you show me on video again? Sorry, guys. I'm going to put the video on. <laughs> Can you do that again? I've got a dildo in the back. Oh, but. yeah. Get the dildo, please. <laughs> we love a good dildo. She has a bunch of sex stuff. Guys, if you want to see the videos, go to my Instagram, okay? Please, Cat Zamora Real Cannibals, because this girl is hot. This chick knows her game. You have a collection of dildos there. I see it. Okay. Teach us, teach us the, the tongue licking. Okay, I'm going to try on my man tonight. Okay, new trick. Go. Elaine. Ah, uh, there you go. Is that what you're talking that? about? Yeah, I never thought of that. But yes, what that does is this part of the penis down here, everyone who can't see right now, I'm showing the head of a penis. Underneath is the V shaped area that's called the frenulum, the most <laughs> sensitive part of the penis. So a little extra tongue attention there goes a long way. Ah, I'm going to try that. I'm always game for trying new things. Now, because people call it a blow job, but my listeners know I love giving oral sex. It turns me on like big, big, big time. I love it. Do you like it, Kat? She's like, she's taking the fifth on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so but anyways i always try to learn new things and let's stay on this this um subject for a minute before i ask you other questions that people send you talk about leaking mm -hmm. but a lot of men get very excited when you play with the balls and you know the area like underneath the balls that's that was one of my questions for you like the let's say the asshole the anus the asshole mm -hmm. but it's big taboo right because a lot of guys think oh if i let her play with my ass i'm gay but that's not the case no definitely not so i can talk about anal forever um so the soft spot you're talking about in between the testicles the testicles yes huge erogenous zone if they're trimmed well gargle them have some fun um there's a soft spot if you go from balls towards the anus, but not quite there, you'll find a soft area. And if you apply pressure with the ball of your finger, ladies, if you've got acrylics, make sure they don't curve too much. <laughs> and you put pressure there, uh -huh. consistent pressure, you can use the vibrator as well. That's indirectly stimulating the prostate. Uh -huh. So to move on to male prostate play, it shouldn't be as taboo as it is. Men who are people who are biologically born as men with the XY chromosome have a prostate. 
The prostate is a gland inside of your body that adds nutrients to your semen, essentially, to make it easier for the sperm to swim their way towards either the back of your throat or towards their eventual goal um, or anywhere else they may land. And by <laughs> stimulating the prostate, you can create a whole different type of orgasm. So men who oh. only stick to penis play are limiting their pleasure. It does not make you gay. Nothing makes you gay other than who you yeah, are guys, you're you're somewhere else. but you know interestingly enough I, I, some guys sent me this question last night and this comment they like when the girl touches licks puts the finger on their asshole i'm talking about heterosexual mm -hmm. guys including one of my friends he's married and he sent me a message mm -hmm. last night ask her about it but i'm too embarrassed to tell my wife like can you lick my ass, can you put a finger there? Can you like massage it? How do I tell my wife without embarrassing myself or without her thinking that I'm crazy? Because a lot of women don't know that that's a pleasure area for men. And I'm not saying every man wants it, but some men wants it. Some men want it, mm -hmm. sorry. <laughs> yeah. So there are 8 million ways you could introduce this. Usually the easiest one, for men to sort of segue into that anal play area, if they want to receive it, is to offer it to your partner first. Say, hey, I want to try looking your asshole. Let me toss that salad. Uh -huh. And, you know, start with her, and then you can introduce it. You can also pull up an article on prostate health. Prostate orgasms are very important for men's health. Just like them having an, uh, an orgasm every day, it reduces the rate of prostate cancer. Really? So oh this is like yeah, I never heard that before. But that's like I think I obviously that's my opinion. But I think sex, healthy sex, is great for overall health, right? In general. Mm -hmm. But this is something yeah. I never heard before. Wow. That's a big deal, guys. Big deal. Listen to this. So everybody needs to learn how to have a prostate <laughs> orgasm. Yes, the prostate is like the same spot as the female G spot, if you will, G area. Yeah. Um, it's just in the anus with a finger. You can hit it, no problem. And it's about a finger's length then, sometimes yeah. a little lower, sometimes a little higher. That half, it's the size of half of a walnut, size and shape, uh -huh. but it is not the texture and hardness. <laughs> um, so if you're looking for a walnut in your back, back door, it's not going to go well. Look for the size and the shape. And then consistent pressure with a finger or a sex toy, or a penis, a dildo, whatever, is a great way to have that is it. That is, I never heard that before. See, living and learning, right? We think like, oh, we know everything about sex, but the most fun part is like learning new things and, and trying out with your partner, right? Don't be shy, people. I've been studying this for 12 years, <laughs> and I learn something new every day. So if you I think know. you know everything about sex, think again yeah no at my age i was married for a long time my listeners know but you don't know and, and i had the worst sex life for 15 years we barely had sex so i'm actually learning about my body and about sex and everything now you know and i think it's amazing the most fun part when you're in a relationship or dating someone is like experimenting with with the person you like right because intimacy makes sex better do you agree yeah, absolutely. I mean, how else are you going to learn about each other? Everyone has this weird idea that sex and their relationship and their identity are three very separate things. 
and that what happens in the bedroom stays in the bedroom, but what happens outside the bedroom comes between those sheets. Totally. If you're experimenting in the bedroom, you're going to communicate better overall. Oh my God, it's going to improve the whole of your relationship. And I think I always say that because uh, all these dating apps have made dating so much more casual. There's always these douche lords that order girls like pizza, you know, they lie that they're interested in a relationship, but they just want to bang, 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 bang. And I always say, guys, you don't know what you're missing because you keep changing girls like you change clothes. You're missing the best part of sex, which is discovering more mm -hmm. and more and more and more with somebody that you actually really like and have chemistry with. So that's just my two cents. And someone, someone's body you already know. That's yes. a huge thing. Oh, yeah. what's going to get them off like the easiest, but you get to explore all those different avenues together and feel safe doing it. That's just such a fearful topic for so many people that when you build that trust together and you're open and you experiment, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, one million percent. We were talking about oral, oral sex for men. Now, oral sex for women, do you teach that too? Do you teach guys how to give better oral sex? You know, I've offered that class. Not surprisingly, no one's taken me up on it. <laughs> Why do you think so? They're embarrassed? I think so. I think a lot of sexuality is focused on giving the man pleasure and keeping the man. That's that whole evolutionary competition thing. Yeah. But, yeah, men don't really have those conversations. They're not taught how to do it, which is why so many of them are terrible. Um, and half of them can't even point out a clitoris with a map with it circled in red. And that's because they're afraid to ask. They're afraid to learn. They're afraid to show that they're ignorant in some way. They assume that they can get everything Aww, they need yeah. by watching, you know, no workers so, and porn. That is so true. But most women love to receive oral sex, correct? Hell yeah. And a it lot makes, of men... Uh, it's <laughs> I'm sorry. A lot of men don't like giving oral sex, right? She's that's shaking true. her head. Yes, that's yeah. true. So, what would you say to those guys out there that don't like giving oral sex? Is there anything to make it more pleasurable for the guy? Absolutely. So, of course, a lot of women are very self-conscious about their smell down there, their taste. Take a shower together first. There's nothing wrong with that. It can be a very erotic experience. Also, flavored lubes, stimulating lubes are going to make that a much more pleasurable experience. Same thing with giving men oral sex. Penises don't always taste great. Put some little, a little bit of cherry lube on that, and it's a whole different ballgame for oral sex. Mm. And then also make it like, like a journey. You know, you're exploring, you're learning, you're both learning about each other's bodies, and listen to what she's saying and how her body is moving. That will get you where you're going every time. 75% of women, roughly, depending on which study you read, require clitoral stimulation to experience an orgasm. Uh, Only about 25% of women reliably experience penetrative orgasm. It is the exception, not the rule. The clitoris is the rule. The clitoris is where really? you go. <laughs> but you can have, you can stimulate the clitoris with the finger, like with your hands, right? You don't have to do it. Absolutely. 
whatever yeah, works. you can use a sex toy, your hands, your phone, whatever you got. You have to preheat the oven, guys. <laughs> what does that mean, preheat the oven? <laughs> exactly. Okay, you have to preheat the oven. Don't get me started oven. on the female arousal process. <laughs> yeah, otherwise it's gonna. I mean, I don't know. I've been with oh, the same guy the for like uh, turn her on first. Yes, <laughs> luckily I've been with yes. the same guy for a very long time. But the other thing that I have to say about my previous scandalous life is that guys with small penises really need to get good at oral because <laughs> I'm I'm I, you won't even notice a small penis. Size. The doctor is agreeing with you. She's shaking her head. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And yes. like I've I've been lucky enough to like have, you know, I was seeing someone and this was a thing that he knew he was good at. I mean, this guy was a pro. I mean, I swear he could teach a master class on this stuff but his <laughs> penis was tiny but honestly he it's was like making he... up for the tiny yeah. penis that's one of the questions on the list that i think maybe a guy with a small penis and last night i don't know but he actually asked do you have any pointers for men with very small penises a lot of guys with small penises are very self-conscious do you have any idea how they can get over that and still be great in bed I guess Kat answered a little bit, but can you elaborate on that, doctor? No, you're not a doctor, Elaine. You're, you're just a, you're a sex coach. No, I'm not a doctor. You're a doctor a sex today. Coach. I love that. She's a sex coach. I'm a certified sexologist. Certified uh, so, sexologist. That's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm certified by the American Board of Sexology, American College of Sexology. Oh, I got my awesome. sex coaching awesome. credentials from Sex Coach U. I've got credentials from all over the world. Wow. Um, Small penises are something I talk about all the time. Um, so, first of all, you may not actually have a small penis. Let's go ahead and start with that. So, there was this BS study that went out in, I think it was the 90s, that men on average were between six and seven inches. Now, I don't know if you've had a lot of personal experience, but I know that that is the exception and not the rule. What is the so, exception, six to eight? Six, yeah, six to seven inches was supposedly the average from Do you that have a study, measuring which is tape? just complete and utter BS. <laughs> Kat is going to get a measuring tape because I am not good with yeah. numbers. I am mathematically dyslexic. Okay. I I oh, the dildo. Inches. Okay, she's holding the dildo. That's a big one. That's seven inches. Seven inches, yeah. Yeah, when you see it like so, that. I think my guy is like that, like this dildo, a little more delicious, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in reality they've done more studies so the current average from much better research is 5.1 inches 5.1 to 5.3 is the yeah. average but as you can imagine researchers don't like to get on their knees with the measuring tape and do the dirty work themselves they are men self-reporting their own penis size oh. so i'm gonna ask you Kat, yeah do you think they're being honest do you think they're I know because what I noticed from doing the podcast is that they're most, not most men, but men with small dicks are very self-conscious about it. This is what I noticed. Mm -hmm. They send a ton of messages. Um, and let's be honest, I don't want to be mean, but it's a tough problem to fix. Cause like if a girl has small boobs, you know, you go and you got a boob job. If yeah. you're a little overweight and you don't like your body, you go on a diet. It's, a, it's easier for us girls to change the way we look. But if a guy is born with a teeny tiny dick, I'm sure it must be tough, right? 
to like take your clothes off or something. But I think it's kind of like, I'm not a sex expert, but I would say what Kat said, uh, learn how to please your woman in, in different ways to make up for it. That was, it. that was my next point. It's not to make up for it. So as a society, we have this complete focus on penetration. And to us, penis in vagina, penis in anus, that's all that counts as sex. And I, we need to stop that. Oral sex is sex. Finger sex is Oh my sex. God, yes. Still sex. Oh yeah. So if you're totally focused on penis and vagina, guess what? You're not pleasing 75% of women, no matter how big your dick is. Oh, it's a novelty. It's actually, yeah. I, it's a size. Yeah. It's a size. Yeah. Touch. And it's, it's, it's not, not one it's size fits all, right? Like some women don't want the dick too big. Some women and I, each woman has their own preference, right? Yeah. I did some uh, personal research with some friends and we were talking about, you know, small dick versus big dick. And it was unanimous among everyone. A big dick is great for a night, but you marry a reasonable size <laughs> penis. You spend your life with a reason because you want to be able to walk to work the next day, you know? <laughs> you don't want to be limping in. So it's really the guys with the big dick who I have, you know, experienced that they get turned down all the time. Oh, you know what I would say to that? Uh, marry or date or stay forever with the person that you have the best chemistry with. The person, because like we were talking about taste. Oh, yeah. you should think that your partner is delicious. You should want to lick every little bit of them. You should think like, oh, this is the best dick on the planet. This is the best pussy. This is the best boobs. This is the best mouth. When I'm with someone, when I'm with my man, I, that's all I think about. Like, oh, he's the most amazing, the most delicious. I love the way he touches me. I love the way he fucks me. I love everything he does to me. I can't wait to kiss him again. So I think... It's a lot more about chemistry and how you interact with your partner in bed than actually sizes of things. Don't you think so? I couldn't agree more. So I want to build on that for just a second because we also touched on this earlier um, with other cat interjection. <laughs> a partner who understands female arousal is worth double their weight in gold. Female yeah. arousal does not follow that linear cycle that Masters and Johnson put together. It's not excitement, plateau, orgasm, refraction. That's not how female sexuality works. You've got to realize that the penis and the vagina, the, the clitoris, are made from the exact same biological tissue. When you're born, everyone's born with female parts. If you have the presence of testosterone, you develop the male parts, traditionally male parts. So what that means is women, drum roll, Get an erection too. Ah. Your clitoris is an entire organ. So I think I have an example somewhere. I must have Do you teach your classes on entire organ? You can see this little terrible painting I've done in the background here. Yeah. It's got these two bowls, two little wavy things on the side, and then just the tips that you know and love and play with all the time. It's a whole organ. And it takes it a long time to get erect. Not mine. So it takes <laughs> a minimum of Mine takes a few seconds. <laughs> mine takes a few seconds. <laughs> yeah. It's different for every woman. Uh, we can get into the types of arousal in a minute. But it takes usually 10 to 15 minutes of non-genital stimulation to get it moving, get it erect. 
So that is kissing, hugging, a romantic dinner, watching porn, whatever, non-genital stimulation. And then you move on to 10 to 15 minutes of external vulva stimulation because your clitoris lies underneath your vulva lip. So by rubbing the lips and paying attention to that whole area before you touch the clitoris, go inside, you're going to get that whole organ aroused and erect, which means the entirety of the interior of your vagina is going to change. It's going to open up to allow the penis. You're going to get additional lubrication, and it's going to be a much more pleasurable experience because your clitoris isn't like enlarged, so you're getting the sensation from both sides. That's so important for a guy to learn. I don't care how big or small your dick is. (laughs) That's what you need to know. So in other words, like Kat said, you know, heat up the oven and do the work. Do you teach guys how to do that if they think they're lame in that area? Yeah, I do. Um, Once again, it's not a common thing that men are comfortable (laughs) talking about, which is why I do a lot of one-on-one coaching. But yeah, I often teach them a, a big focus of the class is just or the, the coaching session is just how to please a woman and how to rewrite the sexual script in your head. That takes years to undo the damage that a lot of, you know, cheap porn industries have created. Uh, do you want to chime in, Kat? Okay, so also, I just, you know, I'm a person and I live alone. I have a dog, so I'm thinking a lot about <laughs> my life experiences and analyzing them. Preheating the oven, like, doesn't, like, exactly start. I like how you said it could be a romantic dinner. Because, like, there have been some guys that I've gone on dates with, and I'm like, wow, that sex was so terrible. But what made it so terrible was, like, the guy was not thinking about me at all. It's like they park too close to the curb because they're too cheap to get valet, you know? And yeah. it's like inconsiderate <laughs> things like that. Like show your lady that you actually, you know, give a shit yes. about yes. her. And, yeah. you know, that's like will warm the oven up a lot faster. If you're yeah. like, hang on, let me get the door for you. Let me not park an inch and a half away from the curb and make you feel like yeah. you're a giant getting out of the car. I think in general for most of us women, and you tell me if you agree with that, Elaine, we start being turn on, turned on be, even before we get to the bedroom, even before we get to sex, right? Yeah. I get turned on, like you said, by little gestures, like if he hugs me in public and kisses me or touches my hair and I know I'm going to go home with him. To me, that's foreplay. Yeah. You know, anything that I'm doing with him that I really like, like for me, my activities with, with my guy doesn't matter, but any the things that we do together, by the time we get home, I'm like, oh, come here, you know? So that maybe is a good idea for guys. They might be shy about talking about like, you know, learning oral sex on a woman, but like even just like maybe a general like, oh, this will make ladies like have a better sexual experience with you dating class or something. Yeah, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. Okay. So you guys have touched on two huge things that are also important for male sexuality in a heteronormative sort of situation. So I want to hit on those if that's okay. Okay, so, so uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. We have a few minutes before I have to take a break. Go, go for it. Yeah. Okay, so the first one is that sexual desire is not always spontaneous. Again, that is the exception to the rule. If you've read the book Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski, I believe that's how you say her name, Come As You Are. Go buy it. I don't care what your genitals are. If you're sexually attracted to someone with a vulva, go read that. 
So she discusses a lot in her book about the three types of arousal. There's spontaneous, which is what a lot of men, especially in their early 20s experience, where you just randomly, you're like, I'm horny. It's now. <laughs> Doesn't happen to a lot of women, but it does. And then there's contextual, um, contextual arousal and desire, which means that you are in a sexy place, which is why I work a lot of my clients with creating a beautiful bedroom yeah. that turns you on if that's where you want to have sex. You need the, you, sometimes you need the candles, you need to have the, the bathtub, you've got to have the whole thing that turns you on, that hand on your thigh, whatever turns you on. And then there's going to be situational as well. Situational arousal would be going on that amazing date with a guy who plays with your hair yeah. and gives you those hugs. It's that one-off arousal. So usually you're a combination of two of those types of arousal. Yeah. Um, but expecting yourself to be spontaneously horny is just not not the general rule. <laughs> awesome. Oh, my God. That is, like, so much information. That makes super so much sense, Totally, though. right? I mean, like, if you need, like, a combined effort of, like, 20 to 30 minutes of foreplay on a yeah. woman's clitoris so for her to fully oh be God. ready, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, a million percent. We're going to take a two-minute mm -hmm. break for my lovely sponsors, and we're going to come back with Elaine Turner. She's a certified sex coach obviously you know your game i have so many more questions than my listeners all over the world by the way because i do have listeners in australia if you believe that i got a question from from people in australia so we'll be right back and we'll try to squeeze in as much knowledge as we possibly can this is cat on the loose be right back this episode of cat on the loose is kindly sponsored by girly a la mode Girly Alamod basic styles for everyday life, for every girl, everybody, every color, every size, every age, every race. Check out now girlyalamode.com for the Back to Basics collection and for a special collaboration with Lily Cloth. They designed some amazing cozy t-shirts with the phrase, my life has a cherry on top. So check it out, lilycloth.com, girlyalamode.com. And of course, what would a sex episode be without talking about some amazing sex toys? So check out Lilo Official, L-E-L-O. They make the nicest, sexiest, amazing, delicious sex toys. And like we were saying with Elaine, I mean... If you're single, I hope you have a bunch that you really like. If you're in a relationship, you can spice up the relationship, bring them into the bedroom, check them out. Totally great idea. Lilo, Lilo. Their Instagram is Lilo underscore official. And we're talking about podcasts and one of my favorite podcasts in the world is Ira on sports. I know a lot of you girls out there are like me. They love sports. And I know guys usually love sports. So you guys got to check it out. Ira on sports, one of the top sports podcasts in the nation. New episodes dropping every Monday. Ira is amazing. He's a walking encyclopedia of sports knowledge. Super, super cool on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Check it out. Ira on sports. Last but not least, if you guys are in the LA, West Hollywood area, go check out the Burrata House. I love to eat. I think who doesn't, right? And this place is like 
so simple, so casual, and they make the most amazing dishes topped, of course, with the best burrata. So they have like these amazing paninis, bowls, pasta. Last night I was there with my best friend, Kat, and we had this charcuterie plate and the burrata is just so fresh. Absolutely amazing. I love it, love it, love it. You guys can see videos and photos on my Instagram, Burrata House. They have a location on 161 South Crescent Heights Boulevard in Los Angeles. I hope you guys enjoy it. Let me know. Okay, we're back. Sex talk. We're learning so much today. I can't wait to put everything to practice. <laughs> we're here with sex coach Elaine Turner. And during the break, we were talking and you have a question, right, Kat? So I think one of your listeners sent a question. Yeah. And that was like, okay, she's a woman and she was saying that the more sex she has, the more frequently she wants to have sex. But like, with her boyfriend, it's different. Like, it's it doesn't seem to impact him, like, overall and how often he wants to have sex the way it does her if, like, she's having a lot of sex. I feel that happening to me for sure. Like, yeah. when I wasn't in a relationship, I could go, I would do, I actually did an episode about it called The Man Diet. Like, mm-hmm. I decided, because I was dating a bunch of creepy people, crappy men, la, la, la. I said, you know, I'm going to go on a man diet. I'm going to focus on me. And I, I, man diet basically is going months and months and months without dating and concentrating on yourself. And then during those months, yeah, I wouldn't even think about sex. Yeah. And then when I am in a relationship and I'm having this delicious, amazing, fabulous sex, yeah, I want to have sex like every day. So yeah, that yeah, it does does it do something actually like anatomically different for women than it does for men? It's- yes, uh, to put it simply, yes, it goes <laughs> differently based on the hormones in your body. Of course, if you're taking hormone supplements in some way, it's going to change things all around. That's a bit of a gray area. But speaking strictly in terms of XX and XY chromosomes. We've got to bring in, of course, the infamous Masters and Johnson. No, I have not watched the Netflix series. Masters and Johnson, if you don't know, were like the OG sex researchers. And they developed this linear model of sexual desire, arousal, orgasm. So it goes from desire, plateau, which is like when you're having sex, orgasm, and then refraction. The refraction is that period that I believe you were talking about on the break, cat, which is where men oftentimes cannot get an erection. Right, right. They need a break. Again, sometimes not. (laughs) Yeah, because their cycle has been completed. They have to rebuild what's going on in their testicles and rebuild all of that back up, all of those fluids. With women, what we found more recently, we used to apply that linear model to women where it's start, finish. That's not the truth. We have a circular sexual desire arousal system. So you go from... Uh, what's it called? Vague stirring. So something gives you the idea of sex. Maybe it's that sex you had last night that inspires you or that you just had or something mm-hmm. just brushes your clitoris a little bit. Uh, you've got that, the vague stirring, and then you start to get aroused. You get desire. You move more towards the actual sexual pleasure. You can have the orgasm and then the multiple orgasms if you're one of those people who can do that. And then what you get to the stage of what's next. And you are deciding what's sexually relevant in your Uh brain and what's next is either falling asleep to or you want more. Good sex begets more good sex. 
Yeah. Once you train your brain that this is pleasurable, guess what? You're going to want it more. Yes, 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 yes. You want to say something else before I ask the next question, Kat? Well, I was just wondering, like, so with women having a more of, like, a circular sexual arousal, like, response system and men's being linear, like, how can couples deal with that? Hmm. Well, it just depends. If you're totally focused on penetration, like we touched on earlier, then you might be, you know, looking for a dildo or or a nice vibrator to help get you along. I mean, that brings up a really interesting topic that a lot of people are afraid to discuss with their partners is masturbation within a relationship. Um, A lot of, you know, people are uncomfortable with their partner masturbating. They want to be... They, people feel that they should be solely responsible for their partner's pleasure. Really? That is your burden to bear. Uh, it's your responsibility. I think it's such a turn on. Like if my guy started masturbating himself in front of me or in the shower or something, I get crazy turned on. So, yeah, that's an idea. And another idea is bringing sex toys into the bedroom, yeah. which is taboo yeah. for a lot of men. But I interviewed dozens of women during these two years that I do the podcast Every single girl I ever interviewed, they said, bring it on, bring in the bedroom. It's not competition. It doesn't mean I don't like your dick. It's just more Mm -hmm. fun. It spices it up. And the guy, one time I was talking to a couple of my friends and he was, the guy was saying, oh, I was drunk and I wasn't in the mood to have sex with her, but I know she was in the mood. So I told her, hey, honey, play with your vibrator and he got so turned on he ended up getting turned on and they ended up having great sex so i think men in general need to get over this taboo normalize bringing sex toys into the bedroom not as a competition to your dick but as an addition something you guys can do together for extra fun right i mean now with all these scientific studies (laughs) coming out talking about how women's sexual pleasure like thing is circular not linear it's like one way to keep the woman like on the same wavelength without having to like wear a hole in your dick right (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) well and also maybe your partner's just happy to watch you masturbate yeah you shouldn't uh, what i wanted to really put weight on there was that you can masturbate within a relationship that totally okay no you own your own sexual pleasure that is your responsibility not your partner I think it's, well... If yeah, that's important. I think it's a, a nice game that you, people can play because if you like someone, you want to give them as much pleasure as possible. But I agree, if one person is tired and the other person is not, there's like 10 million things you can do, you know, to to help the other person have pleasure, right? Yeah, and your partner's pleasure isn't your responsibility. If you're the only person providing them orgasms and you're having an off week, then, you know, it's not fair to them because you're the only one you've said to them that I'm the only one who can give you pleasure. You may not pleasure yourself. Don't touch mm. your own body. And that's oh, yeah, the no, pleasure that's they lame, yeah. and yeah, their that's own so response. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. Now, let's touch the subject of anal sex because, of course, every time I tell my listeners I'm going to do a, an episode about sex, we get dozens of questions about anal sex because anal sex is... Major taboo in some cultures. I have said that in the past on the podcast. Being from Brazil, my mom was Brazilian. Brazilians are 1 million percent open-minded about anal sex. I have no idea why. Don't ask me why. Brazilian men are crazy about fucking the butt. 
they like it some of them like it even more and so it's completely normal like you meet a brazilian couple they have anal say la 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 and i know it's more normal in europe as well but in the united states in general it's major taboo so the first question we got let's talk about the guys the guys they ask you I want to have anal sex with my girlfriend, my partner, whatever. How do I approach it without her thinking, you know, I'm a pervert, la, 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 la. And a lot of men make this mistake. Instead of asking or doing whatever you're going to recommend, they just try to like shove it in. And if a girl never had anal sex, <laughs> you guys should see her face now. She's like putting the, her hand on her head like, oh, no. But men do do that. They're like, oh, I'm just going to try and listen, if the girl doesn't like it or if she never had anal sex before, it hurts like hell. So what do you tell these guys that want to try anal sex with their partners without hurting them or without scaring them, so to speak? Do you have any suggestions? So many. Uh, <laughs> so, so many. So, so, so many. Start, okay. <laughs> I want to just start with the general rule. Your anus does not create lubrication of any kind. If it is creating lubrication, then you should probably go to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> you need lubricant before you shove something in there. Also, uh, that's going to yeah. create anal pairing and a really negative experience if you just go shoving your dick in someone does without having a conversation <laughs> There are three different types of people I have found when it comes to anal sex. There is a unicorn who's born ready for it. I have a friend who had two dicks in his ass the first time he lost his virginity. And to that, I say congratulations to you. Again, the exception, not the rule. So that's someone born ready for it. The second kind is someone who takes an, a little bit of preparation. You know, that foreplay, that sensual play, the stretching with some butt plugs, all of that. And then you have the most common type, which is someone who needs anal training. Anal training can take days, weeks, or months based on your own anxieties and how well and how regularly you do the process. So it isn't something everyone's ready for. It needs to be a conversation. Otherwise, if you stick your dick in someone's ass without permission, guess what? She has permission to stick something in your ass without permission. But how, but how you said a conversation, but like a, a formal conversation or when you're in bed how do you, do you do this? Because, you know, most people are embarrassed. They're going to sit down and say, honey, you know, I'm thinking about I want to fuck your ass. How do you do that? <laughs> no, we were talking about this last night. Remember, I'm all like, um, so slip your partner a Xanax and the red wine. Oh, yeah, that was your idea. And, Xanax. And I was like, no, I, I was joking. I'm like, but you obviously can't do that. It's such like a touchy thing. It's like you can't just spring that. Like, I've really been thinking about fucking your Yeah, so how do, how do you have this like, conversation? Let's be honest. It's a very awkward conversation. Isn't it better to be in bed and if in the heat of the moment you tell your partner if you guys should try it? Um, I'm going <laughs> to, I mean, some people that's going to work. But first of all, I think and I believe and I teach that all sex conversations happen outside of the bedroom. If you're in the bedroom, then you have this pressure to make a decision in this moment. And yeah, some things need true. some reflection. You need time to think and uh, to breathe about but it. But Elaine, so, sorry, let's be honest. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. You are comfortable talking about sex because it's your job. 
I am comfortable yeah. talking about sex because it's my podcast and that's just how I am. But most people are not. Most people are very mm -hmm. uptight. Their parents never talked about sex. Some people are married for 20 years and talk about sex. If I would talk about sex to my husband, if I even tried, he would call me a whore, a slut. Ah, la, 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 la. So for most people, it's easy saying, and I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing. It's easy to say, oh, conversations about sex start outside of the bed. But most people are not going to have the balls to do that. What if, like, y'all watched well, a movie together that talked about anal? Yes. You were right on the track that I want to go on. Beautiful. <laughs> so inspire the situation. If anal is important to you and you want to have that conversation, you don't have to just be sitting there eating your dinner and be like, honey, I want to shove it in your butt. Like, there's a much more delicate way to do that. You can go to an adult store together and be looking at all the options you have in there and be like, oh, look at all these anal toys. What do you think uh, of yeah, 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 that's a great and idea. Yeah. Or have an article up again about that prostate play, about anal anatomy and anal pleasure, which I have a four-part series on my website all about anal play and anal training and how to get prepared for that. If you have something that's going to initiate the conversation for you by taking off the pressure, you know, let them catch you reading an article about anal play on your phone. They the, you. I think these are, to be honest, that's, honest, I yeah. think these are more reasonable ideas. Yeah, for, that's a good idea. Yeah. Like, because yeah. I know it's like some people really are just shy. Yeah. And... Yeah. You know, even within a married couple, they might just be shy. They're scared of what their partner oh, will think. Oh, especially, yes, totally, like, totally. It's not easy to, whether you're married or not, like even if yeah. you're dating someone, it's not easy to sit down and say, you know, these are like, this is what intimacy brings with time, right? This is why I love being in a relationship because I think it's the layers. Like you, you mm -hmm. peel the layers and the layers and you go down deeper, 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 more and more. For me, that's what really turns me on because I want to always know more and more and more about what I can do with my partner, what he wants. But it's tough to just go like, you know, say like, everything you want to do yeah, at once. Like cold like turkey. A, yeah, like cold turkey. Raw yeah. dog, no lube, that conversation. Yeah. So now for the mm -hmm. girls, uh, a lot of women that never had anal sex, they're afraid of trying. They want to say yes, but they're like, oh my God, it's going to hurt so much. Or, what if I embarrass myself? There's this whole, I don't even want to get in detail about that, but there is the whole uh, fear of hygiene you know yeah but also like how you were saying earlier how guys will just like try to put it in as a surprise it's like every girl yeah. in college had that experience and is now i did not have that experience in college oh okay maybe we had different friends but it's like there's so many girls it's like oh my god and then they're like i will never do that again i remember when like tj tried that and thought i wouldn't notice i noticed you know what i'm saying this happened to a oh we noticed me, the difference hello yeah yeah it's like whoops i didn't sorry i forgot which hole it's like yeah like if there is one man on this universe that thinks we don't notice the difference Hello. Okay, if she doesn't notice, <laughs> then you should probably reevaluate what you're doing. A million percent. So what? Who you're with? So if yeah. a girl wants to try it and she's afraid, but she wants to, because some women want to. What? Do you have any suggestions? 
so many. Um, so <laughs> I want to point something out. Yeah. You don't control everything that happens in your anus. As much as you wish you had that power, your inner sphincters, they have two main sphincters when it comes to anal play, the external one, which feels great and you can control, you can do anal kegels, but you have a second sphincter, the internal sphincter that is controlled by your autonomic nervous system, which means if you're scared, that thing is gonna clamp right uh. up and ain't nothing gonna get in with any kind of pleasure. So with anal training, which again, you can we can talk about it or you can read about it on my website, anal training is about self-pleasure, so typical masturbation, and training your brain that inserting and playing with your anus while you're masturbating yourself feels good. Mm -hmm. You have to train your brain to not be afraid of anal sex. If you're afraid of anal sex, it ain't going to go well, honey. And if there is pain, it's Even not going to be great. But, and but there's going to be some kind of pain, right? If you say, if we say it's going to be painless, that's not true. It depends. So that's going to depend on if you're going straight for a seven inch thick, you know, Coke bottle dick, or yeah. if you're I going like, with She's a holding her dildo now, by the way. Um, Sorry? Yeah, I said you were holding the, the vibrator to show the thickness of it. Yeah, don't pick like, I mean, pick. You're not doing with the vibrator. So, yeah, I guess it depends on the partner, the level of pain you're going to feel. And I and guess at the level of preparation, right? Yeah. Yeah. How do you train? Do you start with a finger? Okay, so anal training is a pretty simple process. So it starts with, if you want to do, we can totally talk about anal douching. But anal training, in general, you need three butt plugs. You can totally use your finger. You can move up to anal beads as you get more comfortable. But it's about, if you're a woman or a man, stimulate your penis or your vulva and your clitoris as you usually do during sex. Again, that relaxing, breathing into the experience. Get your lube. You need lube. No one is above lube. And you're going to coat your toy or your finger and, you know, wetter the better. It should be dripping from the ceiling amount of lube. And you want to slowly play with the external sphincter, relax it, and then slowly ease ideally a butt plug into your back thigh. Uh, a butt plug must have a flared base. Otherwise, it's going to get lost up there, and that's a very <laughs> uncomfortable trip to the hospital. Uh, oh, my <laughs> don't try and Jesus. Fish it out. Yeah, no. There are some cute butt plugs on the... Um the adult uh, uh, sex toys yeah yeah this is so don't smart, get me started though. on sex toy safety we'll be here all day oh but my yeah. god that has to be a whole other episode yeah that's smart though to, to introduce that at the same time you're experiencing a regular yeah. orgasm so i think uh, summary a lot of it is in the hands of the guy because if the guy's gonna try to rush it chances are the woman is not going to enjoy it. Even if she allows it, we're not even talking about shoving. Like even she, she allows it. She's not going to enjoy it. She's very likely not going to want to do it again. Correct? So I think it's like a big responsibility how the guy is going to approach it. Right? I think it's also a huge responsibility on the woman to train by herself. Because if you're doing all this anal oh. play with a partner... They're not going to move at the pace you want them to move at because they can't read your mind. Mm. You need to be doing these things on your own oh. time so you feel comfortable yeah. with your mind, not a joint mind. Makes sense. Makes totally. a lot of sense. Now, um, do you think that men really feel a major difference in sensation if they're having vaginal sex and anal sex? 
What turns them on so much? No, but I mean, from talking to people, I don't know, you, your clients, what is your opinion? Mm-hmm. Do they ever tell you why do you think they like it so much? I always wonder that. Yeah, we don't have dicks, so we don't know. Right. Yeah. I so tried asking God for it. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's a couple of factors there. Um, first of all, it's taboo. And they think yeah. that taboo is sexy and it's the novelty. Yeah. That's a huge part of anal play, especially for Americans where, you know, sodomy is still illegal in a lot of places, which is ridiculous. Um, but it's about the taboo. The second thing is that men, when they masturbate, have a death grip on their penis, just as tight as humanly possible. So they feel used to that over time because they've been gripping their dick with the fury of a thousand since they were 12. And so when they put it into a vagina, unless you're doing your kegels all the time every day, you're not going to be able to be that tight. Versus your anus is tighter and also infinitely expansive. So not only can your dick feel nice and snug, but you can stick just about anything you can dream of up there. Oh, my God. That makes so much sense. Uh, I, I should, you guys should see Kat's face right now. Oh, well, I'm just you look like you have like, 10 million questions well, like, your With mind. the vice grip since they're 12, it's like, hey, that does put a new perspective on it. it you know? I love the advice that you gave to girls that want to try it out. Start trying it out on your own body. Yeah, buy a little like, butt plug or buy like a skinnier vibrator if you like, think it turns you on. At the same time when you're doing your yeah. regular, you know, so the brain, because I mean, I guess everyone knows you have one sphincter, but like I, yeah. whenever you just said there's two, I'm like, oh, shit, there's two. That makes a lot of sense. And I have asked, believe it or not, you know, uh, um, guys that I interviewed and I have a lot of male friends, they're married. And a lot of my guy friends tell me that they have a very different sensation when they're having sex. You know, they're, sorry, fucking a vagina. I don't know how to talk like a proper expert. I apologize. I have a dirty mouth. How they're fucking the vagina. They're fucking the the, the ass. A, A lot of guys say, no, the feeling is so different. I like it. And like you said, the psychological. Yeah. They feel in power because like you said, the sodomy. They like feeling, especially type A personality guys that want to be in charge in bed. They feel like even more powerful because I think. I, you girls tell me if you agree. It's very vulnerable for a woman, right, to surrender. Yeah, I think um, some guys have told me that they like the fact that it makes them feel more dominant than, I, I mean, and, and also the novelty factor, the taboo factor. A million percent. I have another question, but maybe it should okay. wait until a different episode. No, go for it. Squeeze in. We have a few more minutes. Okay, so another thing, whenever you said taboos, it reminded me. So there are so many taboos in American culture. I feel like one of them is bringing in, in another girl to bed. Like so many oh, guys threesomes, like, yeah. So many guys, like, they think they want a threesome <laughs> or they do want a threesome. And then it's like, okay, so you're like, all right, let's do this. And then what is your, um, in your experience as an expert and, like, within the relationship dynamic uh, how do do threesomes change it has it been positive for couples in your observation negative to bring in like a third party for sexual gratification 
Okay. You've asked a very big area, a very big, <laughs> big question. So I'm going to say that there is kind of a rule here. Um, of course, it's never a true rule. It's always a generalization. But the couples who talk about everything beforehand, play with that fantasy, explore that fantasy long before it happens, they're going to be set up for a good time. Versus the couple who, where you said you would like, you know, let them in, you let them have another partner in the bedroom, you let them do that. If you have that perspective, oh, it's not going to go very well. If you feel like you're giving into your partner to have this threesome, rather than being an enthusiastic participant, it ain't going to go well. You have to explore the fantasy and figure out what your partner wants from it. Maybe he just wants to watch you fuck another woman. Great. Which is what most guys want. Most guys really want to see the two girls together. together. I mean, because there's only one dick. Like, let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I did did interview people about this subject before. I think it's very particular to each couple. couple. Yeah. Like, that's an, I like how you put that. It's like if your point of view is that you're giving in to something that only your partner wants, then you probably should not do it. Yeah, I agree. Has to be like, like a, anything, a right? Like oral sex, like threesomes. Yeah. It, you should do something that, that's going to be fun for both of you. Yeah, like make it a joint venture, yeah. not like, oh, he really wanted this, so yeah. Or you feel like you have to do it to keep him happy or whatever. A million percent. I totally uh-huh. agree. Sex, just like dating in relationships, is all about authenticity. Mm-hmm. If you are communicating in a way that it is hiding something or not expressing what you want or getting into them guess what it's not gonna be a good time if you want to have the best sex of your life have an honest fucking conversation yes communication (laughs) communication talk about it talk about talk it in the bedroom talk it in the shower have a glass of wine whatever i agree i think it's you can email about it it doesn't have to be Yes, and I'm going to say one thing. If you are withholding something that you really want to do with your partner because you're embarrassed, you're missing out because the best part of having great sex is telling your partner what you want. Guess what? Maybe they want the same thing. Or maybe they're game for trying something new and different, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just telling people what you want is going to just create this beautiful honesty dynamic that is going to carry on throughout your entire relationship. That informs the relationship. It's a solid basis. Absolutely. And I also like what you said earlier about it's all like, okay, how are you going to introduce that a whole honey, I want to put it in your ass conversation. Introducing like a catalyst, like being in a situation yeah. where it's like, oh, there's something that will spark that conversation yeah. naturally so you don't seem like, totally. you know, a deranged pervert. Yeah. And we're not talking in this, this is a fabulous idea. Not We're not just saying for anal sex. But like if there anything. is anything else you want to do, if you want to bring food into the bed, if you want to tie, that's a whole other uh, episode tying people like tying your partner in bed or blinding folding their eyes so many women and guys have this fantasy that they never bring to reality because they think their partner is going to be against it but you might be in for shock because it could be fun right so yeah approach it watching a movie yeah like some kind of catalyst or like have the article up already make it natural yes 
go for it. Elaine, this was so much fun. I can't believe we're already like out of time. It's been an hour already. Oh my God. I still have like 50 trillion questions. I know, we're gonna have to do another episode. I have like, I have like more than 10 other questions that people sent. So guys, I'm gonna invite her back because she really knows her game. So if you have any more questions about sex, this is what I always say. This is like an open conversation. We are all learning. We are all curious about it. We all want to improve our sex lives. If you don't, it's about time you do because you're missing out. Sex is good for health, right? So send your questions and we'll definitely schedule another date and do a second episode with you. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. All the way Thank from the land, all the way from the land down under. This was Cat on the Loose Cat Square today with my bestie Cat with the C and Elaine Turner. If you guys can find her on Instagram, Sex with Elaine, right? Is your Insta? Yep. Sex with Elaine. Sex Elaine. with Elaine. So if you guys want to find find out more about her, check it out. Send her a message. You you do um do you do like uh, video consultations? You probably do, right? Yeah, I do one-on-one coaching mostly. I also do group classes in person and online. You, uh, with working one-on-one, if you don't want your video on, I don't care. You don't have to have your video on if yeah. you want to remain anonymous. There you go. It actually helps foster a conversation. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Elaine. And uh, we'll talk to you so many kisses to Australia. Thank you. Thank you. I'll talk to you you guys soon. Thank you, Kat, for participating. Love you. Yeah, I had lots of questions. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do another one for sure. Bye, guys. See you soon. Kisses, kisses, kisses. Go have sex. Go have sex. Go have sex.